0: good morning everyone lovely to see you this morning so just to echo you know the bow down is going to be an exciting time it's just 15 minutes of prayer um, in those five different locations the health warning is this it is reliant upon boris sticking to his roadmap. okay on the 17th of may in theory we are enabled to have groups of 30 meeting together so providing that happens we can then meet on the 19th in those five groups of 30, okay? So book in because there is a capacity thing here, but we are really looking forward to praying together. Let Let me just start by telling a story. I was in the church center just a couple of weeks ago on a Thursday morning, and this lady drew up in a car just parked at the side of the foyer out there, and she started to get food out of her car, but she was heavily pregnant. So being a good pastor... I ran out there and said, hey, is there anything we can do to help? And she said, I've gathered up all of this food. And before I could ask her, you know, why, she said, about seven or eight years ago, I was a client, I was one of the people that was served by Storehouse. And she said, I heard the need around, and so I just messaged out to my friends and said, hey, could we collect some food up? And she did that, and she brought bags and bags of food into Storehouse. And I just love that. But it's another reminder, isn't it, that life is hard. Life is hard for a lot of people, and I think life has been, without exception, just hard on everyone the last year, hasn't it? Pretty much. You know, people have been furloughed, and for some that's a good thing, but for most it's a bad thing. People have lost jobs, um, people have lost loved ones, have been affected in their health. And, you know, for us as a family, a year ago, myself and Bethan were supposed to go on holiday In fact, you know, we'd then had that cancelled and moved on till next week. This was going back to the same hotel that we had our honeymoon in. Romantic or what? (laughs) Plans disrupted. We got a call last week, holiday cancelled. My daughter, she graduated last summer. No ceremony, no celebration, just leaving with a whimper. My son is studying mechanical engineering, He's had no in-person contact now for a year. But his university did send him a box of technical Lego at the beginning of term. And so that's what our mechanical engineers are being trained with now. And he he just put a little tag under that saying, well, that was £9,000 of fees well spent this year. That was it. Now, I know that some of you don't like hugging other people, but many of us do. It's been hard, hasn't it? having to keep separated. You're wearing masks now. That's hard. We want to worship out loud, don't we? We can't right now. We want to be together. It's been hard. One of the things I believe that we all need is hope. We need hope. And so over these next few weeks, that's what we're going to be thinking about, hope. We're going to be working our way through uh, the letter of 1 Peter. It's a book that is all about finding hope in times of suffering. So it's very pertinent for us now. And in that letter, in chapter 3 and verse 15, Peter writes this, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. So followers of Jesus are intended to have hope, that's supposed to be normal, and to be able to explain that to other people. If you're here with us in the room today or online and you say, well, I'm not yet a follower of Jesus. Firstly, I'm delighted that you've made the decision to join with us today. And I hope that one of the things that you hear is that Jesus has hope for you. There is amazing hope that we find in a relationship with him. And so you're so welcome. If you have a Bible, do you want to turn to 1 Peter? It's about that far through a paper Bible. You might have a device. The words will come up on the screen in a moment. This was written by the Apostle Peter. It's written to Christians and churches originally across modern day Turkey. We're gonna read verses three to nine this morning. In fact, in the original Greek text, verses three to 12 are written as one sentence. So, no, I'm gonna pause and breathe. that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed." Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Here's the bottom line this morning. The way that I believe that we are intended to get through COVID-19, indeed anything that life throws at us, is by being born into a living hope. That is the way through. Verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. That is good news, friends. That is good news. Have you noticed how much false, empty hope is peddled by the media and advertisers? Have you noticed that? If you just wear this aftershave, gentlemen, you will be irresistible. (laughs) If you just use this hair product, you won't believe the bounce and the shine of your hair. It'd be extraordinary. If you just do this, buy this, use this thing, it's going to be wonderful. Think back over the last 14 months. We'll be out of this by summer. That was last summer. By the autumn. By Christmas. Oh, Christmas is cancelled. By spring. It's false hope. There's false hope of crazy remedies, aren't there? Inhale steam. Just sniff this. (laughs) Inject bleach. Empty, false hope will not get us through what life throws at us. It won't get us through COVID-19. It won't get us through the loss of a loved one, shattered dreams, loss of job or health or finances. Hope in the Bible is even not the same as optimism. We're not talking about just some mental gymnastics. True hope, biblical hope, is a confident expectation that comes from trusting something that is sure and solid that is 100% trustworthy someone who will do what they've said they will do from start to finish and so Peter says to us be born and in fact the sense of that word is be reborn be born again and again into this living hope so what I want to share is what are the qualities of this hope that we're born into What does it look like? The first thing is that this living hope is sure. It is sure. See, I don't know, what what were you pinning your hopes on before COVID-19? Your pension, your job, particular relationships. And and in this season of COVID-19, what are you pinning your hope on now? You know, an economic forecast of recovery, you know, a politician's roadmap, vaccine, which is amazing. Are you pinning your hope on that? Hope in the Bible is not optimism. It is not positive thinking. Hope in the Bible is about what we put our hope in. That is what hope is about. A dozen times the New Testament writers say, hope in God. Hope in Jesus Christ. Hope in God's steadfast love. And Peter writes that the only sure hope, the only foundation for our hope, is in the resurrected Jesus Christ. That is the hope to be born into. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. If we're able to speak out loud, we'd say amen. You've done it. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's the source of that. That's the foundation of our hope. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's a New Testament theologian called Edmund Clowney. He put it like this. Our hope is anchored in the past. Jesus rose. Our hope remains in the present. Jesus lives. And our hope is completed in the future. Jesus is coming. That is the foundation of our hope. And so often as Christians, we think about hope as something future, something to come. And that is true. We have the hope of eternity. But I love the way there's a sense of the presence, isn't there? Of the present in what Peter writes. We're born into a living hope. That's now as well as future. Some of you will have heard of a a Christian speaker called Danielle Strickland. She's part of the Salvation Army. And she writes this. Hope is the confident expectation and deep longing for God's kingdom to come just as He promised. And for us in the vineyard, there is this dynamic of the now and the not yet. Yes, there is wonderful future hope, but we can experience that now. It breaks in now. We are born into living hope now. So what does that mean for us? What it means is this. We can have hope in the face of any and every situation because our hope is pinned in this. Jesus died for my sins and your sins, and he rose from the dead. And so if I unite with him, if you unite with him, if we give our yes to him, we will be raised with him too. That is our great hope. It is founded on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. A living hope is a sure hope because Jesus is alive. Second thing, living hope is realistic. Have you come across what is called prosperity preaching? Some of you come across that. Let me give you a couple of examples. I, I was watching a well-known Christian TV channel a few years back, and they were raising finances for a particular project, and they said this. If you sow financially into this project, you will get the financial breakthrough in your life. And I nearly threw up. It's prosperity preaching. Or you go into a church and they say, if you give today, you'll be a millionaire by the end of the week. And you might think, do people really say that? Yes, they do. You've probably heard people say, if you have enough faith, you won't catch COVID. You won't lose a loved one. You won't lose your job. Let me just say this very clearly. There is no prosperity preaching in the New Testament. And you definitely don't get it from Peter who's writing this letter. Let me read you verse 6 again. And sound if this sounds happy. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you have had to suffer grief of all kinds of trials. That's not happy, is it? That's not happy. There is no escape from suffering in our world. Have you noticed that yet? If you haven't, there's no escape from suffering in our world. No matter who you are, young, old, black, white, educated or not, Christian or not, but Christianity offers realistic hope in the face of challenge. Let me share this story. This next picture is a guy called James Stockdale. He ran for Vice President of the United States back in 1992. Previous to that, he'd served in their Navy, and for seven years he had been a prisoner of war in Vietnam. And he was once asked by a reporter, the reporter asked him, so who didn't make it out alive from the prisoner of war camps? And James Stockdale said this, he said, it was the optimists, they didn't make it out. And the reporter said, I don't get it. I I thought we were supposed to be optimistic, that optimism got us through hard times. And James Stockdale said this, and this is now known as the Stockdale paradox. He said this, We're going to get out by Christmas, and Christmas would come and go. We're going to be out by Easter, and Easter would come and go. We're going to be out by Thanksgiving, and then it would be Christmas again, and they would die of a broken heart. Does that sound familiar? Living hope is realistic. Who doesn't do well in pandemics? The optimists. It'll be over by Easter. It'll be over by summer. It'll be over by Christmas. It'll be over by the start of the school year. Christians, I don't think, are supposed to be optimists, but they're not supposed to be pessimists either. Christians are not people who run around saying the sky is about to fall in. We're all doomed. Christians, followers of Jesus, are people who look difficulty straight in the eye. All of the brutal facts, all of the difficulties, all of the challenge, all of the suffering, look it in the eye and then say this Despite all of this, we will prevail. We will get through this. We will win. Because I am placing my hope in the resurrected Jesus Christ. We will get through this. So I wonder what difficulties or challenges you're facing right now. Just bring something to mind. If there's something that you're facing right now, can I encourage you? Don't be optimistic, don't be pessimistic. Look it in the eye and then choose to pin your hope on Jesus on the resurrected Jesus, the one who rose from the grave, who is alive because what happened to him will happen to you. That is the place to place your hope. Third thing, I'm going to close with this. Living hope is glorious. The hope that we are born into is glorious. Let me read this again. This is the last couple of verses that we read. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result, so this is part of this glorious hope, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him, and this is the second part, you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I'm going to go through this quite quickly. If you said yes to Jesus, I believe that we have glorious hope both now and in the future. We will receive praise, glory, and honor when Jesus returns. That's a wonderful thing. We are being filled with an inexpressible joy. Now, please don't confuse joy with happiness. For many of us, it's been hard to smile this past year, hasn't it? At times, hard. Joy is the certain assurance that God is in control and every detail of my life is in his hands. That's what joy is. Don't confuse it with happiness. But that being born into a living hope results in that overflow of inexpressible and glorious joy in our lives. And thirdly, Peter says that we are receiving salvation. Jesus has saved me. He saved you if you've given your yes to him. And he is at work in our lives to make us more like him. That is our glorious hope. This, friends, is, I believe, the glorious hope that we have in Jesus Christ because he is alive. And it's a hope that he births in us. We are being born and born again into a living hope. Day after day after day as we come to him and this is a smart prayer to praise as we go through this series maybe you'll do this as we go through this lord would you birth again hope in me why don't you get up in the morning for the next eight weeks and do that pray for yourself lord would you birth hope living hope sure glorious hope in me afresh today amen Amen. Wonderful. I'm going to lead us in a short prayer and then I'm going to invite Steve up to join me because I want to pray for us right now that we would experience that birthing of hope afresh in our lives. And so I know many of you in the room or online today, you've given your yes to Jesus, but I'm going to pray it for us again. But some of you may be here and you've not given your yes to Jesus. This is a good moment just to open your heart to him. So let's bow our heads and let's be present to Jesus in this moment. And I'd love to pray for us. Jesus, thank you that you always finish what you've started. You always finish what you've started. Jesus, you are making all things new. And Jesus, I'm sorry when I put my hope in myself or in things around me or in other people. Jesus, right now, I put my hope in you, in the resurrected Jesus Christ. I put my hope in you. I open my heart to you. I give my yes to you today. Lord, would you birth this living, glorious hope? Would you rebirth it? Would you cause it to grip my heart and my life deeper again today? For I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.